You're listening to The Voice. Benvenuti a Leuven. Leuven, Jürgen. Добро пожаловать в Leuven. Bienvenue à Leuven. Willkommen in Leuven. Leuven에 오신 걸 환영합니다. Welcome in Leuven. Welcome everyone to this week's show. Um, uh, this is Anita at the microphone. I'll be hosting this week's show. Uh, but of course, my inseparable companion, Nicholas, is here at the studio as well. I mean, virtually, sorry. Now it sounds very natural to say at the studio. Uh, so hello, Nicholas. How are you doing today? Hi, Anita. Pretty fine. Um, for the first time, I'm not recording a show at home in my pajamas. So I actually dressed up and everything for recording the show, as you said, just as being in the studio. Awesome. What an honor. <laughs> yeah, I can say the same for me. Uh, so, yeah, so welcome for for this week's show. I'm super excited about um, the, the discussion coming up uh, with a special guest. And uh, before moving on uh, to the main, yeah, the main section, I want to um, invite our listeners to check our uh, website for our articles on thevoiceloven.be. Uh, our Facebook page, The Voice International Student Publication, and on Instagram, thevoice.kuluven. And you can check our past radio shows on Spotify on The Voice on Radio! Exclamation point. Uh, so I would like to start with a nice song uh, by The Blaze. It's entitled She, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I really like it, so enjoy. Oh, she's my girl. Oh, she loves to fight, but she's never been loved. She's never been loved. Oh, she's my girl. Oh, she loves to fight, but she's never been loved. She's never been loved. Thank you. 
That was She by The Blaze. Um, so now I would like to, um, to go over a bit of the news from The Voice and from yeah, the real world as well. With you, Nicholas, um, would you like to um, introduce the new articles um, from The Voice to our listeners th from this week? Yes, of course. And in the first place, I have to say that I really love that song that we just played. I remember that you showed it to me before the show, and since then I've been playing it over and over again. It's it's really nice, it's really nice. It was a very good selection. Yeah, and to be honest, the, it's not actually, credits are not mine, because our guest is the one who introduced the song to me. So uh, this is a, yeah, I'm also very new to it, and I enjoy it a lot, and I'm playing it constantly, so it, that makes two of us. <laughs> so yeah, please go on with the news. I'm very curious about The Voice's new articles. Yes, so for this week we have a lot of new articles. I was surprised. I don't follow every day the new articles, but today I opened the website and wow, I was very surprised. The, the arts and culture section is really on fire right now. But before going to the articles of, this, of the arts and culture section, I'll mention one that is about living in Leuven and of course more during Corona times. And it's called If Not Alma, Then What? So right now we know that some restaurants are closed, but as well you can go and pick up some food in orders or you can have some delivery, so it's still possible to enjoy nice food in Leuven. But as a student, sometimes it's very hard to find like good options in a good at a good price. So we know that with Alma raising the prices, many students are looking for different and other options to have like a quick bite or just a nice meal. So one of our newest contributors for The Voice made a little list of some student-friendly options in the city. So I'll just mention one of the restaurants per se that is mentioned in this list that is called Tesmulertke. It's a sandwich place, it's amazing. I've personally tried it and if you go there, it's near campus group T. And if you try it, you should go ahead and order the one that is called Martino. But little warning, it has a lot of onion and the sauce is very strong. So if you're planning to kiss your boyfriend or girlfriend at the end of the day, maybe it's not such a good idea to have this sandwich. Thanks for the important suggestion. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good remark there because it's, it's delicious, but maybe the other person would not enjoy it that much. And now going to the arts and culture section, as I was mentioning, we have three new articles. So the first article is a review of a stories from the Chestnut Woods. Basically, it's a review from an Slovenian drama film from 2019. It was very interesting when I read it because it's a very spiritual and as well like philosophical movie. So the film brings to attention an intriguing and unusual form of perception and interpretation of our world. Our writer describes it as it is a must see for anyone interested in the relation between myths and society or the function of the surreal in the commonplace. So very interesting, very shocking, a bit dark, very profound, but worth to give it a try to both the view and the movie. The next article we have is Getting Your Culture Fixed During Lockdown, which is really relevant right now. This is a little guide to online cultural events for international students. Of course, most of you are just laying in your bed, like watching Netflix, binge watching all of the TV shows that are there, good and bad TV shows. But here, our section editor, Claire, offers you like a little guideline or like um, some options for you to enjoy different kind of activities. Some of these are, for instance, some movie screenings from the House of European History. And as well like the Belgium Culture Quiz with ESN Leuven, 
which by the way will be our guests for next week as well to discuss a bit the quarantine and how Erasmus students are living the quarantine here in Belgium. And the last article we have for our arts and culture section is a review as well of Netflix Rebecca film. So this is by our other section editor of the arts section and she describes it like this. Nevertheless, despite their previous successes, such as the Academic Award-winning Roma and The Irishman, Netflix's last attempt to revive Hitchcock's classic, Rebecca, is a dissatisfying one. So, the review that our editor gives to the movie is not like... Um, is not really promoting people to watch the movie, but it still is like, you should give it a try and maybe you'll like it, maybe not, but don't think that you'll have that Hitchcockian experience, as I would say, when you're watching, for instance, Psychosis that it's a full different experience, you will not have it with this movie, but still, maybe it's worth a try. And those are like all of the new articles we have right now, and I know that we are preparing quite a lot as well for the upcoming weeks, so as we said last week, is to keep you entertained during Corona times. Nice, thank you so much. I will definitely check the Netflix um, uh, movie that got me quite interested now. And as for the international and local news and section, uh, what do you have for us? Yep, so the first one is one taken from the K. Leuven news segment, basically, or the news magazine from K. Leuven, and it's called Large Scale Study, Congolese Fishermen Report Decline in Fish Stocks on Lake Tanganyika. So in the first place, for those that do not know it, I didn't know it at first, but now I'm really surprised that I know it, is that Lake Tanganyika is the second largest freshwater lake in the world, and is specifically located in four different countries, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Tanzania, Burundi, and Zambia. So this article goes over how fishermen working on Lake Tanganyika in Eastern Congo experience more or less like a lack of safety and one a better enforcement of existing regulation in the region. And as well, they have reported a decline in lakes fish stocks, which is very shocking. And as well, this is based on some findings done by a large international study led by Kay Leuven that was based more or less in 1000 interviews with stakeholders in the area. The second news article we have is, of course, one of the most important articles and news segments from this week, and is EU vaccination could begin in the first quarter of 2021. I took two different references, so I have like two different possibilities that we will encounter here in the European Union. So in the first place, we are saying that the first vaccinations against COVID-19 in the European Union could take place in the first quarter of 2021, in a very optimistic scenario. And this was announced by the director of the European Agency in charge of epidemics. So the problem that is found here with like the, the possible vaccination beginning next year is that latest trends predict that less than three out of four people, around 73% in the world, are willing to be vaccinated against COVID-19. And the biggest concerns are, for instance, side effects, clinical trials moving too quickly because we know that it's not a normal, it has not been a normal speed, typically it takes years to get a vaccine and we, it's, it's been less than a year that they are trying to do it. So basically there are a lot of side, possible side effects that people are worried about. And the second source that I found was basically from the Belgium Health Minister, Frank van der Broek, a Flemish socialist, by the way, so maybe that's why he mentioned it with such optimism. And he has said that Belgium will probably decide next week whether it will place an order for the corona vaccine developed by Prisner and BioNTech. Here we can have a certain indication that the vaccine hopefully will arrive soon to Belgium and to the European Union in general. 
And the last news article that we have for today has something special as well with some gatherings we've done from The Voice. Some of our collaborators have helped us with this, but I'll mention it in a few minutes or in a few seconds. And basically, this third article is based on the US elections 2020, how the world has reacted to a Biden win. So we know that there have been some positive reactions worldwide and different governments have acknowledged Biden's triumph in these elections, such as the Israeli prime minister that was at the same time thanking Trump for what he did for the country, but at the same time acknowledging Joe Biden's triumph. In the second place, for instance, we have Boris Johnson mentioning as well that he, this has been a historic achievement of Kamala Harris as the first woman, first black person and first Indian American to occupy the vice president chair in the White House. Some other examples of countries that have acknowledged the victory have been some Latin American countries and as well the Indian prime minister Narendra Modi. But at the same time, there are some um, governments and some countries that have not acknowledged Biden's victory by the excuse that, of course, there is a legal process ahead and they, uh, that they cannot be that sure. Uh, they don't feel confident supporting Biden right now. But this is just an excuse because are basically Trump's friends, in my opinion. But again, I don't want to enter into politics right now. So some of these countries that have not acknowledged Biden's victory have been Russia with President Vladimir Putin, Mexico with President Andres Manuel López Obrador, Brazil with President Jair Bolsonaro, and of course our North Korea friends with Kim Jong-un and as well the Chinese president and the Slovenian prime minister. And regarding the US elections, before the winner was formally announced, even though we all knew that Joe Biden was going to win, <laughs> and The Voice decided to gather like some audios from different Americans living either in the US or abroad, and discussing their expectations, their fears, their concerns, or what they would expect after a president has been elected. Some of them mentioned already uh, what Joe Biden would have to confront in the future. So we wanted to bring some of these audios here. So yeah, let's listen to some of them. What do you think has to change in the U.S. with the new elected president? Uh, so one area where Joe Biden could have an immediate impact is reversing many of Trump's harmful executive orders. So in one important area, this would be in regards to immigration. So generally reversing the inhumane immigration policies that have been implemented. And this could include reuniting migrant children with their parents ending immigration um, from largely Muslim nations um, without reason and allowing asylum seekers um, to wait to, to end the, the wait in Mexico policy. So allowing asylum seekers to have their claims processed within the United States and not having to live in refugee camps and be subject to, the, to violent crime in Mexico while having their legitimate claims processed in the United States. And then another important area would be uh, in regards to environmental policy and regulation. So on the international level, rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement and being again a leader in uh, reducing fossil fuel emissions and promoting the use of sustainable energy technologies. And then domestically, uh, reversing many of the environmental, the rollbacks on environmental regulations and ending subsidies for the fossil fuel industry. What is your biggest fear with the possible outcome of the elections? So it's pretty clear now that Biden is going to win, but even if he does, Trumpism will not end. The fact that this election is so close and so divisive shows that at least half of the U.S. population is not against white supremacy. 
Another fear is domestic terrorist attacks increasing if Biden is elected. According to the FBI, white supremacists pose the biggest domestic terrorism threat in the U.S. Also, if Republicans take the Senate, it will seriously undermine Biden's agenda, similar to what happened during Obama's second term. Although, now that two Senate seats in Georgia are going to runoff, there's a chance we could actually, Democrats could get the majority. So those were some audios that we were able to collect with the team from The Voice. And there we heard some people like Teddy and Daniela discussing what the challenges for Joe Biden will be for these upcoming four years if he manages to sit in the White House next year on January. These were our news articles and as well the articles that we have for The Voice right now. And I think we are ready to move to our main guest and to the main part of this show. It was something very exciting that Anita prepared for today. But before that, we're going to listen to our next song. So the next song is called Youth by Glass Animal.
are back. That was Youth by Class Animals. Uh, so now we're ready to move to the main part of the show, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I will go on introducing our very special guest, Hannah Heupen. Um, she is a pedagogy student and she has experience also with teaching to kids and she's actively involved in gender issues. So she's actually here today to talk with us about gender stereotypes in primary schools. And I'm very excited to hear more about that. Uh, she has a lot of experience in the field. Uh, so yeah, first off, I would just like to thank her for being here and give her a warm welcome. Hello, Hannah. How are you doing? Hello, Nita. Uh, thank you for having me. And uh, I'm doing fine. I'm glad I'm, I'm here with you. I'm also really happy um, to have you here. So welcome. Um, so first off, I guess... Um, I should ask you to introduce a bit yourself, as I know you quite well, but maybe listeners might not. So please tell us a bit about yourself um, and just um, who you are and what you do at the moment. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm Hanna. Uh, I'm a student at the KU Leuven and um, I'm in my last year uh, of the Master Pedagogy, uh, more specific education and development science. Um, I started this study after graduating as a teacher of primary education and after this study I felt in need of a more theoretical background and uh, a short program in university offered me that chance. And uh, in this last year we have to do an internship um, and I chose for uh, Rosa because they serve a cause which I'm very interested in. And that's why I'm, uh, why I'm here today to tell a bit more about um, the internship and my interest in gender in general. Yeah, indeed, exactly. So I will, I will go on as like right now, ask you about already Rosa. Rosa, yeah. I hope I pronounce it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's, that's the organization you're working with currently. Yeah. Um, I'm an intern uh, with Rosa. Uh, Rosa VZ2 is an organization in Brussels. And you can see it as a center that collects um, uh, knowledge about gender and feminism. So um, this knowledge center has uh, three main goals, where the first is uh, to document about gender and feminism um, in their great library in Brussels. Uh, you really should go there once. I will take you there. Um, yes, please. <laughs> Um, they also um, um, document about pitfalls, facts and numbers about uh, the topic. And the third goal is to raise awareness about um, problems or, or themes about gender and feminism um, in, in schools, but also in companies. Um, and in general, uh, Rosa works on the insight that gender is a social construct. So they approach gender at a systematic level. Um, so it's necessary to, to have that insight so we can find uh, ways to deal with um, gender that constructs our daily life, if you know what I mean. Yeah? Yeah, I think I do. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I do. So constructing gender is actually uh, like, so it's like more doing gender. Yeah, you, yeah. you mentioned yeah, yeah, like yeah. the fact that you do gender instead of studying gender, right? So yeah. can you explain to us like what doing gender means? Because I think it's super interesting. Yeah, um, like um, 
gender is, is, is not a given thing, but we do gender in daily activities, in role patterns, in expectations, in, in interactions. Um, and I think that is the most important insight that it's not something we um, just have our gender. We have, um, um, we have to, to deal with it in, in that kind of way. So we know like there are expectations um, according to which uh, gender you have. Yeah, I I think I get what you mean now. This is exactly what uh, what gender constructs are. Yeah. Um. And as you are working in this field, uh, maybe you can explain to us a bit more about what you're in, what what area of Rosa you're more involved with. Um, I'm mostly involved in the um, awareness about the topic, and um, I got the task. Uh, the interesting task to um, help with the development of um, a toolkit gender in primary education um, and after my internship is done I have to come up with a draft um, of this toolkit and you can see the toolkit as a hands-on um, product for teachers or caregivers um, uh, about gender if they want to teach um, children um, yeah you can see it as a as a yeah the toolkit has a theoretical part where we explain like why we should be aware of gender uh, why um, we should be um, gender aware in schools um, in which areas in schools gender is drained in and then we have also a practical part with a book list um, with uh, concrete tips activities and so on and uh, the toolkit is based on literature, on meeting with experts, uh, especially on experts with Rosa. And we also did visit to schools where we had interviews and observations um, to see how gender is integrated in our everyday actions and words in schools. That sounds super interesting. Um... Yeah, it was a really um, great experience. Yeah, I could go to schools before COVID to have like the interviews and observations. Nice, yeah. It's being hard for everyone. Yeah, yeah. we all have yeah, to yeah, give yeah. up, but um, it's nice that you can still work on it at the moment. And as you say, uh, one of the parts of the toolkit includes uh, an explanation of why um, gender. It's important um, to yeah to understand gender in school or like to raise awareness of gender in schools. And you're also um, are a teacher. Primary, of, yeah, yeah, primary teacher. I mean, you you have already some experience um, in that field, and so I would like to ask you in terms of you merge somehow. You're actually merging at the moment, uh, yeah, schools and gender, which are like two topics that you're involved in, passionate about, and uh, have experience with. So, um, yeah, I guess it's also very personal. But um, why do you think uh, gender stereotypes in schools uh, should be abolished, which is what you're working on mm -hmm. actively with your toolkit? Yeah, um, I think I have to nuance it because um, I don't think stereotypes in general can be abolished. Uh, but we have to uh, be aware of those gender stereotypes that are affecting our daily lives. Um, for example, like I um, am a student pedagogy and I studied uh, to become a teacher. Those are my choices, but I have to admit and, and realize that I was also affected by gender roles and expectations um, because I am a woman, just like some men also have to 
have to deal with uh, expectations. And I think we have all, not only uh, me as a teacher, but everyone has the responsibility to give every individual the chance to explore what they want. Um, and now they often go in directions or chose paths where they are guided to. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. I see. I see. That's that's super powerful. I I I think it's uh, it's very nicely working on this topic from from the very beginning. I mean, where the young the young yeah. generations are because that's crucial for them to. Yeah, I think. Um... Some people think it's only in higher education, but it's also in, in kindergarten. It's also um, yeah, a problem or there have to be awareness. We treat um, men and women when they are like really small on a different way because of their gender. Um, and that's like... Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I keep saying it, but the awareness is the first step if you don't know. Because if I go to schools, a lot of teachers are like, yeah, but we treat them the same. But in the observations, I see that that isn't the case. It's yeah. in really small things. I can wait to ask you more about it. Yeah. We'll just go on a quick music break first. Um, uh, yeah, we. I should tell the listeners that the song selection was made by me and Hannah together. So um, the next song I thought was quite relevant um, with the, the topic of this week's episode. Um, and it's Boys Don't Cry by The Cure. Enjoy. I'm 
so that was Boys Don't Cry by The Cure. Um, so the song indeed mentions that boys are not supposed to cry um, as it is not acceptable to show weaknesses somehow from from their side. So uh, since we're here talking about gender stereotypes, uh, I would I would like to ask you, Hannah, um, like maybe you can tell us um, if this kind of stereotype um, exists in the in the schools you visited so far. So based on your experience uh, on the field and also more generally, um, how is gender ingrained in everyday actions and words in schools still based on, on your experience? Mm -hmm. um, can I give some concrete examples of which I saw? Yeah, please, please do. Okay, um, so um, this can go from uh, the materials. Um, for example, I saw in one school they had a girl's and a boy's ball to play with on the playground. Um, yeah, maybe maybe one of them was like blue and the other one was <laughs> uh, pink. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, but it could be. Um, and uh, they also in some schools have like the division in the line. You know, in the morning when you have to stand in a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, some schools do it um, a boys' line and a girls' line, and that isn't um, necessary or that that hasn't a point because yeah and then um the girls are were like the the sweet girls and they could come in class like the first because they saw the boys as wilder and louder so each day the girl line could go in first okay i see um That's... but i also think about about the books um in schools i think books are a very powerful tool but if uh, children only read books about the princess the sweet beautiful princess that has to be rescued by a strong um successful prince or king um I think you then also give uh, expectations uh, to children. Um, I also think if we treat boys, if we think boys are stronger, wilder and louder, we also treat them in in this thinking pattern. Uh, for example, like the song you just play, like Boys Don't Cry. Um, teachers handle boys crying different uh, than girls who are crying. Um, girls who cry is like, how oh, can we help you and are you okay? And with boys it's often like, come on and go play again and be strong. And those are examples that aren't um, gender free. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's mind blowing actually to to yeah. hear your stories because yeah. you could not imagine because yeah I'm... yeah it's 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 sad if you see those examples but it's not um, that teachers um, do it on purpose that's really important I I met a lot of teachers who are really um, enthusiastic about the team but that doesn't mean like in the everyday actions. Yeah, indeed. So based on your interviews uh, with the teachers, um, did, did you notice, so what, what, what you notice were, were, are the dominant uh, perceptions of, of gender in schools or maybe misconceptions of it? Yeah, uh, when I do the interview, it's a really um, interesting um, conclusion, but a lot of people think their first association with gender is the LGBTQ community. Um, and yeah, <laughs> and then I have to say like gender is in every, everyone's life. Um, so that's an interesting thought um, that I was, um, 
yeah, surprise them. Yeah, so gender associated with LGBT. Yeah, Pff, yeah that's... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and like no one is really against gender. Like I said, um, if if a lot of teachers say if I if I have some research about the well-being of the child, um, if we work on it, then the well-being of the child will be will be good, and we we really want to work on it. So. Um, so that's a a good uh, a good conclusion that came out of the interviews um and yeah that they just don't know they really say like yeah we we work um equal and and everyone has the same options um but in the observations that is really powerful um that you see like it's it's everywhere i was really surprised that it's not just in in one thing like the materials but it's in the language in the feedback it's in in everything yeah yeah so it's further motivating you to develop your toolkit i imagine because you see that's really needed yeah and and also the other task uh tasks that my colleagues take care of like the screenings in companies and so on um i also think that's powerful to see because sometimes people don't know that it's that's that it's that it's affecting and not just the lbgt uh yeah the community but like everyone yeah definitely um but as still based on on your the responsiveness of the teachers and of the schools you've been to uh do you think it's going to be difficult to actually incorporate um um more yeah how would you call it, gender sensitive uh, yeah in the agendas like what are the main challenges of once your toolkit is developed to actually um, put it into practice in schools yeah um I think you really have to work with a whole team uh, for a gender inclusive policy. Uh, like every teacher has to be involved and has to know like what it's all drained in. Um, so first they have to be aware. And if we can show them like by research, um, by, by specific examples, like it's affecting uh, children and, and it's only good for the well-being, then I think they will be motivated. Um, but yeah, teachers, they really um, are concerned about the workload. Um, and now especially because schools are changing during COVID. Um, yeah, they, they are in online classes. Um, but I think gender can easily exi exist um, next to other topics like um like you work a lot of about uh, sustainability eh? you study in that field so i think gender can can be a part of, of a whole school climate it doesn't have to be like one gender day it's it's trained in in your policy and in in your interaction with your children um yeah yeah indeed one thing doesn't exclude the other yeah i agree yeah, that's what i meant um, yeah perfect but and since you have been a teacher in the past um do you think you also uh fell in those uh yeah. tricky uh act attitudes yeah. that actually mm -hmm. uh somehow confirm these stereotypes yeah yeah now i also think about my own um Yeah, teaching. my own teaching experience. Yeah, yeah, I really have to say now I, I think like, oh, I, I also made mistakes, uh, but it's not it's not a bad thing. It's you have to be aware. And now I think like if teachers are aware, they will change it. But yeah, for example, when I was a teacher, I, I lived by the the illusion that boys were better in mathematics. Yeah, and that's that's based on <laughs> on, on expectations we get. But it's yeah. And then you treat them in a different way 
yeah so I, I I also felt in a lot of traps yeah that's insane yeah I think everybody should go on a training camp <laughs> training camp on on gender awareness yeah. so that brings me to our next song still selection by by Hannah and me and myself um so she suggested this song um as it is indeed tightly related to gender stereotypes and more specifically how women are seen as objects of lust. So the, the artist is Angèle, a very famous Belgian artist, and she says in the song, I won't pass on radio as my words are not very beautiful. Um, because these things are not very easy to hear, I feel like, in our society. But nonetheless, we're actually proudly playing her song <laughs> right now. Um, and um, yeah, I will just... Um, I invite everybody to enjoy the tune and the lyrics and the song is called Balance, uh, Balance ton quoi by Angel. Ils parlent tous comme des animaux de toutes les chattes Ça parle mal 2018 Je sais pas ce qu'il faut mais je suis plus qu'un animal J'ai vu que le rap est à la mode Et qu'il marche mieux quand il est sale Bah faudrait peut-être casser les codes Une fille qui l'ouvre ce serait normal Balance ton quoi même si tu parles mal des filles, je sais qu'au fond t'as compris Balance ton quoi, un jour peut-être ça changera Balance ton quoi Donc laisse-moi te chanter Allez te faire en mmh. Moi je passerai pas à la radio Parce que mes mots sont pas très beaux Si bête pour une fille drôle, t'es pas si laide Tes parents et ton frère ça aide Oh, tu parles de moi, c'est quoi ton problème J'ai écrit rien que pour toi, le plus beau des poèmes Laisse-moi te chanter Allez te faire en mmh. Oui, je poli pour la télé Ça changera Y'a plus de respect dans la rue Tu sais très bien quand t'abuses Balance ton quoi Balance ton quoi Laisse-moi te chanter Allez te faire en mmh. Moi je passerai pas à la radio Parce que mes mots sont pas très beaux
Balance ton quoi by Angel. Um, so we are moving on to the, the the closing part of the interview, unfortunately, but we still have some time. I still have some time to ask you, Hannah, um, a few more personal questions regarding your involvement in in gender issues in everyday life beside the the teaching or your internship. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to ask you. Um, Uh, how you're actively indeed involved in, in in these issues and practically in your own life, everyday life? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I think I read a lot of books. Um, for example, now I'm reading a, a biography about Hannah uh, Arendt. Uh, maybe you should... Uh, you, you also want it? Then I can give it to you when it's when I finished it. Yeah, I'd like to borrow it for oh. sure. <laughs> uh, nice. Um I also sometimes go with uh, my friends to strikes um, about woman uh, violence or um, abortion. Um, and I think having a voice is a powerful tool we should use. Um, also last Wednesday, it was Women's Day. Um, yeah, in, in the house where I live, we did a little activity. Um, but yeah, if, if yeah, mostly I involved in uh, the gender story in daily conversations, um, like remarks that are giving um, that aren't so gender free. I feel the responsibility to um, make the other person aware about the impact those little remarks have. And yeah, also in self-reflection, I think um, gender is involved. Yeah, indeed. That's really nice. Uh, it's nice to have a comprehensive, like... Um, involvement in, in, in the topics you're passionate about besides like yeah work and study um, so indeed you mentioned books and you walked in with a book in your hand yeah. so I imagine you want to share something with us today yeah I brought uh, the book Why We Should All Be Feminist by Shimananda uh, I don't know if I pronounce it right but it's a really good book um, yeah and I just um, she writes um, that the problem with gender is that it's prescribed pre- it prescribes how we should be rather than recognizing how we are and I think that's the main conclusion of um, our conversation today um, and yeah that's why I brought the book today I see. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. It's something like we said is socially constructed, but it's like this uh, somehow a cage that we're just kind of in inside Mm -hmm. this cage and we don't realize sometimes that we can always question everything Mm -hmm. somehow and especially with gender and but I feel like nowadays there is more awareness and more like activism related to these topics like you mentioned strikes yeah. I mean mm-hmm. it's always been like that but I feel like or maybe it depends on the people I, I personally mm-hmm. hang out with but I feel like it's very um, timely as a topic and people are really mobilizing for yeah. like the abortion strikes and, and everything like that so yeah I think like you say we have to um to see it as a as a positive thing like like yeah there 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 are people that make mistakes but um we have to see like oh we we are motivated to work on this on these issues and also with Rosa they're really um involved in the topics and they read a lot and they have a lot of expertise in the library 
so I see like more motivated people than sad people, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's super like encouraging somehow to keep going and not not giving up. I feel like maybe there is more sometimes uh, if I work in sustainability, yeah, I study in sustainability <laughs> yeah. field and sustainability also it includes uh, environmental issues, but it also includes all societal issues yeah. and justice. And I think like um is sometimes more motivated to think about that aspect of this um society always mobilizing for mm -hmm. for more rights and for uh, against injustices than for example climate change environmental mm -hmm. aspect is more frustrating i mean that's very a personal take um so i can understand that you feel like stimulated in working in this field and you feel like there is really hope for the future so mm -hmm. And um, yeah, last Wednesday, like I told you, was Women's Day. And because you were talking about your study sustainability and um, Furia did like an online uh, day, but a lot of topics and one topic was eco-feminism. So that are both our interests in one um, yeah. Yeah, in it's one like study. We, yeah. yeah, it's like we said, like one thing doesn't exclude yeah. the other. Mm -hmm. Actually, they reinforce, they would reinforce each mm -hmm. other, but it's very, very hard for for. Uh, to destroy those like stereotype of like uh, these things being separate like you said like mm -hmm. school sometimes they're like oh we're working on like a uh, ecological agenda mm -hmm. and they do not understand that it could actually be um, merged with mm -hmm. like these kind of topics related to gender so yeah there's so much to talk about ecofeminism is also something really um, yeah it's a current um, debate in the mm -hmm. sustainability um in sustainability mm -hmm. discourses so yeah indeed um well we'll just go on a last um music break before we have to say goodbye unfortunately uh so we selected this song uh because it's again very related to to what we have been talking about today and more generally again the stereotypes with women uh this song is actually very nice to hear and um it's hard not to dance on it um but it actually has raised a lot of controversies and because if you listen to this song very closely uh Robin Thicke the the uh, the artist talks about an animal that he wants to domesticate and liberate so um guess who he's referring to <laughs> of course girls and the video clip is also quite controversial as the original original uh, version has naked women dancing in it so um i still we still thought it was it would be nice to to play it and to discuss a bit over the song of course motivate our choice so uh we're playing blurred lines by robin thicke everybody get up
back that was blurred line by robin thicker um so yeah we are headed towards the end um we're running out of time unfortunately um so i would like to thank you hannah for being here um it was really nice to have you to have this re really interesting conversation so thank you very much and um, maybe you have to, any like um, something more to say um like a, a yeah something uh, to share with us um Yeah, maybe uh, I want to make a call of solidarity to all the students uh, during the uh, pandemic um, because I don't think it's uh, it's an easy time for all the students. And yeah, so maybe that's our call for solidarity <laughs> for them. And yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed to talk about um, my internship. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Um, also, I accept your call for solidarity as I'm a student myself. <laughs> and um, I would also like to thank you, Nicholas, for being here and for for keeping us company during the interview. Oh, it was a pleasure. And um, yeah, I guess I will just uh, quickly um, uh, recap our web, web um, media platforms. Uh, you can check our uh, website, thevoiceleuven.be or veto.be, our Facebook page, The Voice International Student Publication, and on Instagram, thevoice.keuleuven. Um, and on Spotify, you can check our past and, and future radio episodes um, on the channel, The Voice on Radio! Exclamation point. Um, so thanks for listening, and um, I'll see you all next week. We will play a last song um, uh, today. Uh, the song is called Tous les Mêmes by Strome. Enjoy and see you next week. Cette fois c'était la dernière Tu peux croire que c'est qu'une crise Mat une dernière fois mon derrière Il est à côté de mes valises Tu diras au revoir à ta mère Elle qui t'idéalise Tu ne vois même pas tout ce que tu perds Avec une autre ce serait pire Quoi toi aussi tu veux finir maintenant C'est le monde à l'envers Moi je le disais pour te faire réagir seulement Toi tu pensais Rendez-vous, rendez-vous, rendez-vous Au prochain règlement Rendez-vous, rendez-vous, rendez-vous sûrement aux prochaines rêves Facile à dire, je suis gnangnan Et que j'aime trop les blablabla Mais non, 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 c'est important que t'appelles les ragnagna, tu sais, la vie c'est des enfants. Et comme toujours, c'est pas le bon moment. Ah oui, pour les faire, là tu es présent. Et pour les élever, il y aura des absents. Lorsque je ne serai plus belle, ou du moins au naturel. Arrête, je sais que tu mens. Il n'y a que Kedmos qui est éternel. Manche ou belle, c'est jamais bon. Bête ou belle, c'est jamais bon. Belle ou moi, c'est jamais bon. Moi ou elle, c'est jamais bon. Rendez-vous, rendez-vous, rendez-vous au prochain règlement Rendez-vous, rendez-vous, rendez-vous sûrement au prochain règlement
marre, tous les mêmes, tous les mêmes, tous les mêmes, et y'en a marre, tous les mêmes, tous les mêmes, tous les mêmes. 